Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Desire the Fire. Fire! And uh, we are on episode two. Can you believe we're episode two? I can't believe we got through episode one, man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just glad we're still here. Yeah, man, this is pretty intense. But um, we're back for another episode, uh, maybe two weeks later, uh, I think. When, when's the release date? Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Friday? Uh, Yeah, sure. <laughs> we'll Whenever you're listening to this is when we release it, all right? Don't ask too many questions. I'm just mm. playing. <laughs> but uh, we'll have, uh, we're having regular releases, hopefully, by since this is episode two. We will know that uh, it is going to episode three after this. Uh, I would hope so, right? I would hope so, right? <laughs> so keep praying for us, guys, because yeah. we, can, we can just, you know, we God can, like, Jericho, you know, booms, gone. Okay, he just turned a little <laughs> creepy. Like his visible appearance just turned a little creepier with that one. <laughs> just kidding. But yeah, um, welcome you guys to episode two of Desire of the Fire. Um, this is going to be a weekly podcast where me and Daniel sit sit down and we t- talk about certain topics. Uh, we're gonna keep it under thirty minutes, thirty minutes, under thirty minutes, about that time. And it's just uh, two Christian brothers just talking and talking about certain topics that we want to, we're thinking about or that hit us or experiences or anything else that come to mind that we want to just share with you guys. Um, it's just a real way to talk. We're not. Um, any, we don't have any formal training, but we are like uh, Christian leaders in our respective communities, and um, we uh, we just it's just real talk here. And one of the things that I really want to bring bring up is that um, we'll have an email that you guys can email us at, or maybe even a Facebook. I'm not sure which one we're going to do yet. Um, by the time you hear this, it should be all up, and we should have it in the show notes. So go ahead if you're listening from iPod, you can uh, or iPhone, you can tap the screen on the cover, and it should bring up the show notes. Or you can go to our website wherever this is hosted at the moment, and uh, find those. But we do welcome if we are saying anything that doesn't make sense or goes against what the Bible teaches, um, any of those things that does not work out, and you know that we are incorrect. Go ahead and shoot us, shoot us an email, um, tweet at us. Uh, um, right on our Facebook page, let us know what it is so that we can learn and we can adjust and correct and change. We're all for understanding and learning. Yeah, and you know, just as another biblical challenge to you guys too, uh, when Paul was out there doing his ministry in the book of Acts, uh, we have a famous church called the Church of Berea, and they would check Paul every night, you know, and uh, really read up the biblical basis of Paul's sermons, and they would verify and validate his ministry even more so in that way. So, you know, um, we're... We're, we're leaders, but we're also people. And I think that's the point we want to get across. We're prone to error as well as anybody else. And we're actually not experts in our field, just people who have a loud voice. We want to be experts. Yeah, I mean, eventually. we're striving for that. But, <laughs> I mean, in no way, I mean, uh, to be honest, like, I'm only five years in the ministry myself. And... Uh, like the thing is we're, we are going to make errors. So if there's any corrections, we're not, we're going to be the first to admit to our mistakes too, but we do need your guys' feedback. And, uh, we're really looking forward to hearing from you guys too. Uh, any opinions, thoughts, comments, they're all more than welcome as well. Yeah. So, um, hit us up. Um, you can follow me at boom Chandler, like boom is in the explosion and, and mine, uh, my Twitter handle is uh, super Dan zero, uh, the number zero, not the word. Super Dan Zero is like Hypataiga. <laughs> wow, <laughs> you're gonna bring that up, huh? My old, what is it? My old AIM screen name? Hypataiga. Oh my gosh. Hypataiga. <laughs> oh, let's not get into that. Jeez. Oh man, <laughs> oh. Daniel's first AIM screen name was Hypataiga. It actually had a lot of thought put into it. <laughs> 
I was born in 1986. That's the year of the tiger. And at the time, when I was in middle school, when I made that, I had a lot of energy. I have a tiger. But. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, oh, man. So, that is interesting. So, you guys will learn more about us as we <laughs> progress to this podcast, obviously. It's not just about uh, talking about really holy stuff. And um, we contemplated naming this uh this, uh, many things Many things And one of the things That came up was uh, Holy time <laughs> Chandler and Daniel <laughs> Oh man Holy time baby For those of you who know You know Keep it to yourself <laughs> Alright so um, This week's topic That we wanted to talk about Was the state of the Minority immigrant church Particularly the Korean church Because that's where We grew up mm. um, The Korean church Is a sm- small microcosm Of churches today um, that are going through the same thing, it sounds like. For the longest time, I thought it was, um, this is only something that the Korean church was dealing with or the Korean church was, um, I guess, experiencing. But more and more, as I talk to other uh, nationalities, minorities, um, these things are similar. Yeah, and you know, you, you get the same problem, but applied differently. You know, for instance, uh, yeah, we grew up in the Korean American church, uh, but uh, I have a pastor friend of mine who actually is a pastor at... Oh, well, so he, he's doing ministry at a Korean church right now, but he actually guest spoke at a Vietnamese church. Nice. And he doesn't speak English that well. <laughs> and so he spoke over <laughs> yes. there, and they actually recruited him to be a staff at their church just no because way. of a lack of, lack of pastors. Wow. Um, so one of the things is, uh, as a Korean church, we do find a lack of uh, working full-time ministers, right? Uh, particularly, I In find... the same way, I hear that there's a lot of people that are unemployed. Yeah, which is ironic. Yeah. <laughs> uh, nobody wants these jobs and stuff, which is an actually an interesting point because uh, uh, one of the things that we've noticed is that there are a lot of difficulties and frictions in the first and second generation. Um, many of the pastors we see today are uh, what we call second ger- generation, meaning uh, our parents came from another country over to America and we're born here. Thus, so the we're second, the second generation. Yeah, yeah, we're the second generation of Ameri- of the American version of a family, right? And... Um, you can throw in the the 1.5 generation too, which is another interesting mix. Which is like younger people that moved over when they were kids, or like let's say, like middle school, high middle school, school, high school, and they're essentially Korean or, or or immigrant uh, by nature, but have the upbringing here in America, which is, just tosses a lot of confusion. They're just even there. more confused people. So um, first generation, I think, has they carry over to America all their cultures, yeah. all their all their cultures. All their cultural, what is it? Oh, I mean, their their culture. This is, is yeah. it? Yeah, and their their upbringing, their their mentality, their, their philosophies, and all these different things. Yeah. So that's the first generation. Normally, they like to stick to stick to their guns. They do what they do. Um, there's very few people that actually um, do like we're in America. Do as Americans. Yeah, and you see those predominantly not here. <laughs> I mean, like in Orange <laughs> County and like LA areas. Let's be when honest. I think it happens more when. There's less of the minority like right. community within the place that you're moving. Right, right. Because we have um, uh, we have a mutual friend who grew up, or not grew up. He went to what Iowa, <laughs> Idaho, Ohio, I- something. Iowa. <laughs> and you would shout you would out assume, to Tony. <laughs> you would assume he'd speak English a lot better, but then it was only for a short period of time, and he moved back to where all the Koreans were, and it didn't help him much. <laughs> I think it. it Stunted his growth, but he's he's from all the other Korean people that's immigrated. He's uh, one of the better ones, I think. There's, yeah, you true. can go, you can move to K Town or like any other place, like um, in Southern California, and not speak 
any English. Yeah, you know, for the rest of your life. I've here. actually seen people who have been living in America for about twenty years, and <laughs> they still don't what, speak English. When's that the well? last time you spoke English? <laughs> it's like what? <laughs> you know, like what? Yeah, it, it shocks me. There's some people that make it through college, and I'm like, how did you make it through college without <laughs> right with the essays English and everything? Well. You have like, to like like well, level I, one I English. Was a statistics major. <laughs> Shout out oh, to, yeah. to the Jew up. <laughs> he's uh, my, he's my, he's my, he's my man. <laughs> mentor in many, in more ways than one. Yes. But, uh, so like with the, the second generation, the first generation, there's already this big cultural gap. I'm sure you felt it with your, with your parents as well. Oh yeah. And my, my, my dad actually, he grew up in America ever since grad school. So, oh, so you went to grad school here? Yeah, he did. What uh, did he go to grad school for? He actually went to uh, Michigan. He was... I don't, I don't Michigan? Actually, He's go blue? Yeah. <laughs> what? He he has, like, more degrees than I have fingers. So, like, I, I don't know what he did in grad school exactly, but... Wait, wait Michigan Wolverines? Yeah. Oh, snaps, dude. I'm a huge uh, University of Michigan fan <laughs> oh, because of man. that, too. That's, that's, that's legit. Yeah, there's, like, White Town, too, you know? He has more <laughs> degrees than you can count? Yeah. No. Whoa. And here I am with, like, my BA and... Is it's B, BA in history and stuff? I think you have BS. <laughs> well, that's what the degree is. Oh, <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> no, but yeah, like my dad grew up in America and he, he made a, a very serious attempt at assimilating like to American culture. He wrote culture. like theses and stuff, yeah. didn't he? Like yeah. whole papers and the pages of writing of like 50, 70 pages. And he still has me proofread his essays and stuff. Oh, that's so amazing. Yeah. <laughs> so Here awesome, I am griping man. about my dad. You're <laughs> just like totally amazed. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, no. I love my dad And um, yeah. <laughs> One of the things is There's a big difference When you see uh, The upbringing Of younger folks To that And When you apply that To the church context I, I think you see A lot of uh, Not just political But even uh, What's it Practical Practical faith based Frictions that develop As a result of it too Don't you um, Practical faith based As well as like I think in Church administration Yeah That's not true just, Yeah And I think um, they see Christianity in different ways and they value different things in different ways. And it's completely different. Like one of the things that I've seen is that the Korean church loves like that early morning prayer. Mm. And Americans just and the second don't generation like the kids are just like, what are we doing right now? Well, I could kind of, uh, I kind of understand more the American side just because like when we were kids, we we're like not even open, able to open our eyes. And some of us were like just sitting in the pews in the back, just <laughs> Passed out the whole time. Like, what's going on? Passed you know, out. it's like we're waiting for McDonald's. Yeah. We're gonna go eat yeah. McDonald's after, man. Oh, we all go to McDonald's <laughs> with all the <laughs> church like, members. McDonald's. Wait, <laughs> <laughs> like we have like eye boogers in our yeah. eyes. Like, where? <laughs> no idea what's going on, but we're playing in the playground in uh, McDonald's and stuff like that. Yeah. Oh my gosh! <laughs> wow, those common experiences we all have growing up. But it's kind of like you know, as an American kid growing up too, you, you're kind of creep, creeped out by it because you don't understand the sermons, right? I mean, English is. <laughs> Yeah, you hear all this like, all these like screaming in like, the morning. <laughs> yeah, this old pastors like preaching this on the top of his lawn, crying out to Jesus. Yeah, in the morning, and man. then like yeah, they're screaming in the front, and you're just like, what's going on? I'm like not even awake right now. I want to be watching my early episodes of like Sailor Moon and stuff. Pop, you know? Pokemon Pokemon. <laughs> yeah, it's because your sisters, man. I had to watch Sailor Moon too. It's all right. <laughs> yeah, but uh. So there, there's just the upbringing where we just didn't have a lot explained to us when we we're growing up, like the That's values true. early morning prayer. I love it now. You know, the last couple of days I actually went out to pray for this uh, podcast actually. But uh, mm. like the thing is, you don't get these things explained to you uh, at, at a young age, and part part of it is that you can't fault the parents about it because they can't explain it to you in English in a way that you don't understand it. 
You like, kind of go and figure it out for yourself kind of thing. Yeah, and like, you know, I didn't get it until college. I don't know about you, but... I think I understood and I got it. It's just... Could we do it a different time? <laughs> <laughs> and not 5.30 in the morning and stuff? 5.30 in the morning. Man. I tell you, though, going out there, it, like, makes the rest of your day so much longer. It's already 9 a.m. You've been up for, like, four hours it is, already. It's true. It's yeah. true. But, uh, yeah, I mean, more props to our parents for stuff like that because, hey, they, it's not easy. Jesus, they move in different ways. Yeah. But, I mean, that's a good point. On uh, One of the big things that are a big difference between our, our two ministries um, but uh, there's other things as well. Um, I'm, I'm working as a member of the staff at a church that I serve at right now. And one of the things that is a big issue as well is uh, money. Unfortunately, we never like it to be the money issue. Money talk, but, money talk. Yeah. <laughs> money talk and money talks. And you can only serve one master, right? Uh, I'm between the two of them. But like money, like who generates the money in a church if you're in an immigrant church? Who generates the money? Who brings Jesus, in the money to the church? Oh. Jesus generates the money. Oh. God rebuke me. <laughs> okay. Well, who stewards in the money into the church? <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> oh, my gosh. When I'm like getting give, nowhere with when this. When you give offering, it goes to Jesus. <laughs> That's what I thought the whole the whole time. <laughs> Jesus actually makes this. Uh, I mean, like he did. <laughs> he did uh, feed 5,000, right? No. Okay. But yeah, the, the church members do bring in tithes and the offerings yeah, to and, help the church uh, go. And what money are the kids bringing in? You know, what money are the kids bringing in? That's the question. But now. Now the kids are bringing the money, which is why we get into this weird conflict where they they have opinions to and the money to back their opinions. But wow, we're talking about money. Oh, it, it's all about tough, money. This dude. is a tough conversation, man. It's all about the money. At it's the always end. about the money. You think in the end? No, not always, but it, it <laughs> is, is the other Jesus? God in church, dude. About, it's the other God in church. That's Whoa, the other God in that's, church. That's Jesus. Ouch, ouch, <laughs> man. I, honestly speaking, have you have you been in those like budgeting meetings and like steering committee and like those kind of like when you, money hits the pavement, like what happens? Do you, well, have you seen that? Well, we, I haven't been a part of that because it's usually like the elders or let's say like ministry, like literal ministry leaders. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so typically what they'll do, uh, depending on the denomination, denomination of your churches, they'll have like budget finance reports at the end of a service or yeah. oh, they might even talk about how the money was allocated. But it's usually the, the elders in a church or like the leaders of the church that decide how the funds get allocated. So in as much as my role is concerned, I, I can request the money to be used for a particular ministry. Mm. Like say, I'm going to take my kids out to like a, uh, my, my church is based in the OC. Yeah. So unfortunately I have to go to like an angels game. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, if, if I'm going to take my angels kids out to Angels are Jesus's helpers. <laughs> Not the ones in the outfield, okay? <laughs> uh, you know, you don't flap your wings and all of a sudden, like, angels just, like, shoot that ball. I don't know if any of you guys uh, saw that old Angels in the Outfield movie. It's where uh, uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Oh, shoot, he was in that movie. Yeah, he, it's like one with, of his breakout with movies. The, with the Back to the Future Crazy Man. Was he? Christopher Lord? I think he was the angel. Oh, you know what? I think, yeah, he was, like, the head honcho of that movie. Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't know if I got his name right, but yeah, Doctor Brown. <laughs> Doctor Brown was angel. Made, made an appearance as an angel. Yeah, I think you're right. But uh, yeah. Um, so the thing is, when I, when I'm taking my kids out to these angels games and stuff like that, as far as I'm able to, I'm allowed to ask for money to to have in a budget going on going on for this. So maybe if like the tickets are like twenty bucks, I can get like ten bucks from the church to help co-pay for 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 our church events. But we never really have a call. Um, uh, maybe because. Yeah, well, the kids that I work with, they're youth, and the money they're bringing in is probably like a dollar or two of their allowance, or maybe a tithe of their allowance at best. And you know, let's be honest, that money comes from their parents. And so, you know, like ultimately at the end of the day, the church has a lot of say, or the adults have a lot of the say, 
Uh, adults is a bad word too. Um, the first generation adults in the church have a lot of the say because they've been the ones that have been funding it. And if you look at the way a lot of these churches operate as well, it's usually the elders that are the backbone of a lot of the funding and the finance within these churches. Families do bring in the money. Yeah. And yeah. so, like, that being said, it's no Stability wonder that the they get to kind of dictate the, the direction of their church because everything costs money. Let's be honest here. You want to do an outreach with your church. You want to invest in some praise equipment. You want to, you want to um, you know, go missions or anything like that. It involves money, and you can't deny that. But the thing is, the ones who bring in the money typically have a lot more to say. It's been an issue, like, way that's, back that's, in the past. That's crazy, though. Hold on, hold on. So in my mind in the church, like, if you do it, like, the pure, like, just heart, mm-hmm. you know, and going back a little bit, Christopher Lloyd, he, he was, he's in Angels in the Outfield. It was Christopher Lloyd. <laughs> yeah, but um, the thing is, like, so many of the people that are administrators and the people dictating money, they're not the ones that really... This is gonna sound. This is judgmental. This is judgmental. But it's like, how much do they really pray? How much do they really think about it? How much do they really like meditate on where this should go? Or like, how much is of this is dictated by like a Christ-centered mentality? Mm. And I think that's where a lot of fighting happens. Yeah. Oh, I mean, like we have a great example in one of the local churches in LA. Uh, it's one of the biggest churches out there, and I don't want to call it out by name, but uh, ultimately that church split up over a huge like argument over money really and like the elders would have fist fights they would call in the cops it was pretty intense this is real talk yo yeah. i mean that happened only like two three years ago now and like it, it's affected a lot of church parishioners they all went their own ways some stuck around some started a new church so on and so forth and yeah um you you do have to wonder but at the end of the day i think when we start questioning a lot of the motive of a man um it, it it's well, we get into like some dangerous territory because we have to believe in the the leaders that are entrusted to us. I'm not saying be blind to the faith of it, but you, you have to hope that God's working in that too. Because you know, um, there is going to be final financial mismanagement. It's going to happen. Um, there are going to be mistakes, investing in the wrong things, things that don't pan out as well as we hope. But I think the other side of it too is we have to trust that God is sovereign. And he's working even where we're trying to plot against him or plot huh, for ourselves. Wow. So it's tough. I know uh, what we're asking is a lot of God trust is in the Lord. God those things. Yeah, yeah definitely. For sure, God is bigger than those things. And, like, you know, sometimes a church not sticking around or being dissolved into other things, it's not the worst thing in the world. Uh, it does hurt many people. I Myself as a kid, I was growing up, I grew up in a church that ended up splitting over a uh, not necessarily money, but like staffing issues. And, you know, the kids that leave because of these different things, they get scarred in their own ways. That's true. But then also making the the, the argument that, you know, God did bring me back around to church at the end of the day. And mm. so we don't know exactly what is going to, well, what that mismanagement or the issues of money uh, have in terms of the long-term impact of, of what God wants to do. Yeah, so I don't have much of, uh, I guess, how do you say it, like experience with these things i have been in the smaller meetings where it's like oh we're funding an event or like we had to plan out all the events for the year and we need this much money we'll ask for it blah blah blah. but um now i'm going to uh, a different church shout out to city chapel Mm. it's uh it's in santa he's wearing a city chapel shirt by the way i am wearing a city chapel shirt (laughs) but uh yeah it's i guess this is where the 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 difference differences have been transpiring and changing where um the minority church is splitting again mm. in a sense that the first and the second generation, if you can't integrate the second generation, 
they they end up being like a church within a church. Mm. So the younger kids go and they have a church within a church because they can't go into the Amer- the English the Korean services or let's say the minority lang- the language the the native language I don't know what how to call it but mm. the first generation language church and so they create their own services where they speak English and they have sermons in English and they everybody speaks English you know right. but um, what happens is that in these churches what I've noticed is um, the the budgeting and all the things anything that that comes in gets funneled through the first generation accounting system and then it gets reallocated into our our parallax mini church within the church okay which I can see where you're coming from. If right. you keep that standpoint where God is bigger than those things and we need to trust that God will do right. the work. Right. But when you pick pick out the details and point out the details of who's using the money, where is the money going from, who's actually getting giving this money out and mm-hmm. this much money is going in, but this much money is coming out and you nitpick those things, it causes problems and it causes a lot of tension and stress and like how much money you get for this event that mm. means so much to the EM, mm-hmm. the English ministry, how much um, time you get, what what places on campus at church campus you get. Mm-hmm. And I think good churches in the, 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 I guess the integration of it, brings on the second generation into those elder panels, into those steering committees, into like church activities and has pivotal leaders as the second generation. Mm. But I guess there is an issue where these second generation kids are the kids of the parents and for parents to give the kids so much, I guess, power in the ministry, like scares them or like say or pull or like some sort of like say. And I think that's one of the biggest reasons why it's, it's tough. And they have a set of beliefs that they bring in and we have a set of beliefs that we, that we bring in, but the ones that really mesh and the ones that really do well, it looks like and start thriving Mm -hmm. are the ones that um, raise up the second generations to be leaders of the church and respect their decisions and respect what they bring to the church. Right. And I've seen a couple of angles to that same, same solution that you brought. Uh, there have been branchings uh, of a church, almost esen- it's essentially a sister church where they've established it just for the English ministry. They even use their own name and so on and so forth. Yeah. Uh, there's a church out in LA. I know that does this one in, um, uh, technically West Covina, I guess it's like the, that area, uh, mm-hmm. close to close to Rowan Heights, where I'm from, and um, there there are sister churches, and then there are also other churches that actually do bring on uh, the non first generation elder board, and uh, we've seen a good example of this in one of the bigger churches that I'm familiar with in in the Anaheim area, and they've taken on uh, by word by word of mouth from what I've heard, they've actually taken on a non Korean elder, but the the problem there is that. The, the elder meetings are still all in Korean. Uh, a lot of the different things go on. Yeah, I can see that. Right? And, like, sure, you have the whole cultural, like, cultural differences between that. But, you know, there's progressive steps. Uh, I think good progress in the sense that um, the first-generation church recognizes this, and they're trying to provide their own solutions, too. And uh, I think the bigger frustration comes from the fact that the second-generation church's opinions and voices just aren't taking as much root as they're hoping and the first generation is, the, their side of it is they're 
they're trying to do that what they believe to be their best effort in trying to integrate that process. And so we have this uh, this generational gap. We have this cultural gap. We have parent versus kid, uh, authority versus authority, and all these different things that are, are going at it. And it's going to be, at the end of the road, what I believe to be a longer road than what we're ready to fight right now. Uh, How long? How long do you extrapolate? When will we see like some sort of stability or an understanding or looking back like this is how this is what happened, you know, because we're going through it right now. Right, right. I, I believe personally we're at the cusp of it where the second generation church are starting to have kids and they're starting to get old enough to where the kids are able to voice their own opinions as well. And so the second generation is like the middle generation and they're learning the, the opinions of their parents a lot better these days. But at the same time, they're also taking on uh, the child side of it, too. And so, you know, where that empathy grows, I think there's a lot more willingness to compromise. And I think when there's that willingness to compromise and when uh, grandparents see their kids raising their grandkids and how that relationship is is, is starting to affect each other as well. Oh. I'm thinking that we're at the cusp of that. But what we want is like change now you know and there's so, so many do you churches think it'll there. take another generation for things to even out i think it's going to take another generation in order for things to be stable but real progress i think we're just on the cusp of it because my whole thinking of it is that that first generation church how much longer can a first generation church exist because the reason why is because i see in a korean church there's a first generation church. Mm-hmm. There's a second generation church. But crazy enough, within the midst of it, there's a 1.5 generation church that I've seen. Right. That they they are different from the first generation they're saying. So they have branched out and done their own thing, which I never knew existed until recently. Mm. Yeah, you, you see these churches as well. And it's just, I mean, at the end of the day, I'm, I'm just kind of sad. I don't know about you, but why are we so divided, you know? Great divide. Yeah. And it's a cultural thing and a, and a generational thing and all these different things. And eventually, where do we have to step down and say, stop? You know, we just need to learn to work better together because uh, what, what's it could be a slippery slope down the road, too, you know? We, first, we have the generational problem and then the cultural problem and then... Language barrier. Language and, like common interests we have like churches that are more catered to people who are artists and we have churches that are are they gonna make us go to morning prayer and if we don't go are we heathens (laughs) (laughs) that's a topic that we've talked about yeah like in church literally (laughs) you have to come to morning prayer it's like oh yeah we'll come out and none of us come out Yeah, I mean, this is a big topic. We're all going to fast as a church for 40 days. It's and if like, you don't, like... How do you, how do you go to work? <laughs> <laughs> you know? And you get that stink eye. You know, some people have to, like, physical labor as their work. And, yeah, oh, I, man. I'm setting up. and <laughs> Seriously, physical laborers is a... Oh, that's just... Ray, wow. It's just a lot. But the crazy part is, like, first-generation people, they'll fast and they'll still be doing labor. Yeah, and they're down. <laughs> yeah, that's true. They're, like, half the their normal weight, and they're still lifting double the amount. Oh, my gosh. Double it's the like, amount. It's like, by the power of Jesus, like, literally by the power of Jesus, they're doing <laughs> It's like, oh, my gosh, dude. I guess they experience a different type of messing with that. Mm. But, uh, yeah, um, it's a very interesting situation. I think there's actually classes at, like, Biola and, like, seminaries have classes about. There's some guy that does a korean church class of what's happening with yeah this. and he's gone around and done several seminars on this too it's yeah. a, i mean it just goes to show this is that big of an issue that we need to be aware of more than anything else and like there's no simple solution to it there are tons of people that are involved in in, in this issue 
And basically, it's it's just going to take time. And as Christians, I personally think, although the biggest challenge to us is just to long suffer through this and to long try to suffer. Uh, I think that's the, the ESV. That's my ESV <laughs> influence right there. But like, yeah, to to be willing to endure, to stand firm as a church at the end of the day, and to give glory to our Almighty God. Amen. <laughs> Amen. So, what do you think? Um, just short-term view do you think it's normal to have second generation church split off or do you think they're gonna be able to change things around do you think um is there a better solution these two because that's what it seems like the the it's going okay that's a good question um i mean ideally there'd be like a mediating mediating between the two parties but it's just not gonna happen because uh we, we can't have an objective third party that's equally represented on both sides but uh, just the process of communication, uh, like the the older folks are aware, uh, younger folks are starting to get into the mix of expressing it instead of just angst and anger. You know, we're we're not all just teens anymore. Or just like getting spurts of emotion without really explaining ourselves. Uh, so the verbalization of our feelings, uh, the communication of our thoughts, that's a big step. And a lot of churches are taking this progressive step towards it. Uh, at the end of the day, uh, to you second generation folks out there, just a word of encouragement. You know, it's there. There is uh, grace at the end of this. Uh, there are some real steps of progress that are going along, and I think for those of you guys just willing to hang tough in there, uh, really be pioneers of your church and and working into this next step, I wholeheartedly believe God's really at work and He's really doing something that that we just haven't seen in the generations uh, that have passed. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm right now, I'm part of the second generation kind of church plant, like split sister church, whatever you're talking about. And uh, the majority of the people are like 20 something, early 30s. Um, we were like the fourth family maybe in the church technically now because we got married. And um, it's a very interesting experience. We have a great one of the guys that are um, handling, he's like our CFO, Central Financial Officer, and we have a board of elders, and we have our pastor. We have like a three-person per, three thing. We have a, a praise leader that takes care of praise and stuff like that. So um, it's a very interesting thing that we get to see as uh, just me and Dina as we we're part of this church. It's only been about a little over a year now. Um, last, last year, Easter, we started the church, and we first started to get, I guess support from the financial support from the other church, but it stopped after about three months and we're actually doing very well uh, just financially. And that's where we realized um, families are the reason why. And when other churches do church plant, they send like three or four families to support a pastor or something like that. And that's one of the biggest things, but it's going to be, I think this is a topic that'll come back. And uh, as we experience more things, as we see more things change, I'm sure. And maybe we can bring, um, a pastor or like someone else to talk about to sure. give us their view. Sure. And uh, we'll see where it is. But I guess this conversation was just a very initial conversation to this topic of what we're experiencing and what we see. And uh, we'll see how things turn out. I'm sure in 30 years, if we still have this podcast, we'll, we could talk about it and see. Remember in episode two. If we still have our voices by then. Oh, man, man, I just... If we can get to like 25 episodes, like one season kind of thing, mm -hmm. I'll, be, I'll be pretty happy about this. But 
we'll see with you going to San Diego. <laughs> but on that note, too, uh, I'm sure you guys all have your opinions and thoughts on this as well. And if you have any uh, a big good feedback uh, on on this particular issue, and if you can raise different issues, we're more than welcome and willing to uh, revisit the issue here and too. read what you have to say, or I don't know, we'll yeah. work something out. Yeah, but if so. we see it, we like it, or we really want to share this or something, it's up for grabs, yo. Um, so yeah, um, ending this on a kind of higher note, uh, Daniel, what's your uh, favorite, fa- favorite favorite Bible character? Favorite Bible, uh, you know, there's tons and tons and tons, but my favorite is uh, Prophet Elijah. <sighs> yeah, exactly. Uh, he's he's gone through all the supernatural and he's had his high points and his low points. But my favorite thing about Elijah is, the Bible describes him um, in the Book of James. Uh, it says Elijah was a man, just like any one of us. He was a man, and he got to see some amazing things and, and superpowers. Yeah, I mean, like fire from heaven and like desiring that kind of how fire. Did, you know, did, he got taken up to heaven with a chariot of fire. Yeah, <laughs> and didn't he run? He's like the fastest runner in the Bible. Cause well, he, he ran, ran three days from, straight. Yeah, and then he ran from city to city in like a. <laughs> Oh, literally like a blink of an eye, he was there. <laughs> oh, you, he would have like three cakes and he's just like boning, boning out. Like, you know, three like cakes and he was like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy, you know? This guy's. Oh, Marathon's wow. got nothing on him. Marathon's you know? got no- We should call Marathon's Elijah's. <laughs> <laughs> the true marathoner. <laughs> yeah, but Elijah was definitely up there. And my favorite part of Elijah's story is when he was burned out, uh, you know, in the mountain and just waiting. Uh, it was after a big victory and everything too, and it's just was so it the, real. Was it the one where he brought fire down from heaven to, um, with the prophets of Baal? Right, and immediately after that, uh, Jezebel starts to persecute him. Jezebel, Jezebel, and uh, Shh. he's Gigi-Bell. just so burned out, you know, having like three years before that, he's been fed by ravens in a ravine and all that stuff, and hey, man, homeboy has had a hard life. Homeboy Elijah, homeboy Elijah, <laughs> stuck homie. in a mountain. My homie up in heaven. He's burned out. <laughs> yeah, I can see you chilling with Elijah in heaven. Oh, man, we're just gonna be eating cakes together, dude. <laughs> running, <laughs> <laughs> running, and eating cakes together, man. <laughs> Riding your chariots of fire. I can see you enjoy that. Yeah. Uh, so Andrew, what about yours? Uh, um, who's your favorite? Bible I'm gonna figure. go with what 90% of males probably would say King David because he's a king, he's King David, he's a praise leading warrior king. Yeah, he's fought a lot too. And how long was he in the desert for like four years, maybe I longer? Don't remember. I just, I just, I just <laughs> you can't throw curveballs at me, dude. I'm just was, a- during during sermon two weeks ago, I, I heard this about David and I forgot, but people don't people forget that. I think they forget that he was in in desert and he acted like he was crazy, like. Right. Remember that he acted like he was crazy. Yeah. He didn't have anywhere to go, so he went to the town that hated him. I yeah. think it was it was Goliath's hometown. He didn't I think have he anywhere right. to go. He town went to Gad. Goliath's hometown, right. and he acted like a madman because he didn't have a place to stay. And he, that's the only reason why they would let him stay there. Like, <laughs> so you know, like in the court system, they plead insanity acted and like, like a zombie, probably <laughs> <laughs> like ripping at himself and stuff. Like, oh, and, dude. I think he was praising God while he was doing that too. Oh man, that is. Pretty boss, dude. <laughs> so we're gonna go to like the heart of like Christian persecuted nation and act crazy, but praise God at the same time. And I will be more undignified than this, oh, and that's pretty undignified. But he's he's one crazy dude, and I think some of the things that he's done, he's he's obviously one of the most human characters in the Bible. Like 
he has major glaring flaws. And later on in his life, I'm sure I would not like him as a king. And I'm sure the things that he he did, and if they're they're publicized in the Bible, people Mm -hmm. knew about it. Yeah. I would be like, this guy can't be king anymore. He's he's a jerk. You know, on a, on that he's point, in principle, up. real interesting point because uh, uh, one 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 of these days we hope to talk about the less mentioned characters out of the Bible. Yeah, and one of the most interesting people w- would be his uh, commander Joab, who's seen all the the conspiracy and all the the bad stuff of David, but also the good moments too. And he starts acting out on his own. If you do a study of Joab, uh-huh. that's an interesting figure we might want to think about. Yeah, so his mighty men were just those. You want to talk about superheroes? Those guys are freaking G.I. Yeah. Joe, G.I. Oh, David. <laughs> I don't know what you, what you want to call them, but they're like freaking crazy, man. They've gone through some crazy stuff, too. But uh, yeah, that about does it for this week's episode of Desire the Fire. You can find us on our website or Facebook if we have one. Yeah, and tweet us your uh, favorite figures out of the Bible as well. Uh, it might be Elijah, it might be David, it could be Samson. And tell us why. Books. And if you have an interesting character that we've overlooked and we've never thought about, we can share it. Um, and we'll mention your name. Uh, shout out to uh, David Yoon. He's supposed to make the cover that you're looking at right now. Mm. Um, we can't release this episode without your cover, David. So just uh, remember that if you're listening to this, we're waiting for you, bro. Alrighty, and I guess that's it. Uh, we're going to sign out. Um, so follow us on Twitter at Boom Chandler. God bless. Amen. At Superdown Zero. He wants to leave. I'm not going to let him leave. We're going to keep doing this podcast. My butt's starting to hurt, dude. <laughs> I'm sitting on a wooden chair here. All right, man. We're out. Laters. <laughs>